What does the ascension of Jesus have to do with the people of Uvalde, Texas? That's the question I keep coming back to all week long. It's the question I've been grappling with preparing for this feast day. In my seminary preaching classes, it was sometimes said that the preacher should have a Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. You have to know the Word of God. You have to know the Scriptures. You have to know how to interpret our lives through God's Word. But you've got to hold on to the newspaper, too. You've got to be in contact with real life, real people, real events, because the Word of God is living and effective, and it has an impact on our world. It's meant to speak into our world. You've got to have both. That's one thing that, that I loved about the homilies of Father Mike Byron. Father Mike was always asking, how does our belief in the gospel actually impact the world? Father Mike, who was pastor of Pax Christi in Eden Prairie, uh, died very unexpectedly last week. He was only 62. I know that some of you here know him, either from his time at St. Paschal Balon or when he used to give some retreats here. I know that whenever I heard him preach, whether in the seminary where he taught or just at his parish, I knew that I'd always walk away with, with something that mattered, something about the Word of God that I could apply to the real world. And I try and emulate that in my own preaching. And to be honest, it's hard. It's not easy week after week. It's especially hard this week to do that after the horrific evil that we've seen. Senseless violence, an angry, desperate, and lonely young man who turned to wickedness, innocent children killed, and families completely broken. Which brings us back to that question, what does the ascension have to do with all this? What does the ascension have to do with the people of Uvalde? And what does the ascension have to do with us today? As I was praying about the readings this week, this line from the Acts of the Apostles kept on coming up in my heart. It's where the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? What they're asking is, you know, they've been hoping for the kingdom of God to come and appear now that they know Jesus. They've been walking with Jesus for three years, and many of them thought that the kingdom of God would occur when he came into the city of Jerusalem at that Passover. They may have thought that when he came into Jerusalem that all the tribes that were scattered would be reunited. They may have been hoping that the Roman occupiers would be totally overthrown. They were hoping that this reign of God's peace would just come forever, like to live in peace and prosperity as the nation of Israel for good, finally, it's come. But the exact opposite happens. They go into the city, and Jesus is arrested, tortured, and crucified. It didn't happen at that moment. But now Jesus is risen. They're amazed by this. For 40 days, he speaks to them about the kingdom of God, and he's telling them that they're going to receive this gift. They're going to receive a promise. It's kind of mysterious. 
But I think part of them is still thinking that, okay, it didn't happen then. It didn't happen then. But now that he's risen, now the kingdom of God is going to be restored to Israel. Right? Like, it's going to happen now, right? Like, like all the stuff we've been dealing with, all this junk we're sick of, like, you're going to set it all right right now, Jesus, aren't you? And what does Jesus say to them? Lord, are, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He answered them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established. It's not for you to know He doesn't say the kingdom won't come. Oh, it'll come. The kingdom will come and there will be a perfect peace and a perfect joy that will be established forever. But the kingdom of God is so much bigger than what the disciples think. It's so much broader, so much deeper. This restoration they want, it's so much more incredible than they think. They don't even know the Gentiles are welcome into this yet as far as a big piece of that. And Jesus also tells them, that the when is not meant for them to, to, be, to know. So it's up to the Father. It's not up to you. You know, I know for myself, there are times when I kind of ask this question to the Lord because there are things in the world that are just so frustrating to me that we're still dealing with. There's things in, in the church that I'm like, Lord, why is this still going on? I know some of the struggles of the people of St. Rose of Lima I know some of them very well. They're individual stories. And even though I'm walking with them and, and shepherding them, I'm kind of like, Lord, like, when are you going to change this? When are you going to really, like, do something new here? And it can be really frustrating because we want the kingdom to come and, and we, sometimes we get sick of waiting. But Lord, when are you going to change this? But it's not up for us to know the times or the seasons when there's going to be that final restoration, when the struggle will finally be over. We pray and we work and we hope for communities where we are safe and secure. We should work for all that we can do to have our places of worship be safe and our schools be safe and our communities be safe and secure and comfortable. Salvador Ramos never should have been able to bring a weapon into that school and do what he did. But there's a problem here that we need to just address. Salvador Ramos, from what we know so far, had an absent father, a mother addicted to drugs. He was bullied in school. He would cut himself as a form of self-harm. He didn't have any real friends, and he felt alone all the time. His life was really devoid of love and devoid of meaning. And the crux of the problem is this. Even if our nation had the most excellent laws, and even if that school had the best security and the best procedures, 
And even if we could even imagine that not too far off that there's a kind of artificial intelligence built into social media that when a young person begins manifesting these thoughts of darkness that, that it notifies someone, it can tell that's happening to be able to notify someone about this potential danger that's coming down the road. Even if all that was in place, and even if that evil act never happened this week, and even if Uvalde never made the headlines of our newspapers, that would still not be the restoration of the kingdom. The kingdom would not be here in its fullness yet, even if that happened. Why? Because even if all those things were true, Salvador Ramos would still have an absent father, a mother who's addicted. He would still be bullied. He would still not have friends. He would still be devoid of love and meaning. And until those things are healed, until the love of God comes into those places, the kingdom hasn't come yet. Yes, we have work to do to make our communities safe and secure and to help people. But if all we're looking for is a solution to the frustration of like, I just want to stop seeing this, I want to stop worrying, I want the headlines to be fixed, Lord, like what, what are you doing up there? If that's all we're hoping for, we're missing the point of the ascension. Because after Jesus says to the disciples, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons when this will all be healed. He says to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You can't see the full extent of this kingdom. You have no idea how beautiful it is. You, you don't know the time when it's going to come in its fullness when I return, but I'm going to give you a power from the Holy Spirit, and I hope you use it. I hope you receive it. Because my spirit isn't just for you to live in just a simple kind of comfort or security or like, my life's basically okay. The power I'm giving you is the power to find those places of misery and loneliness and addiction and to bring my spirit, to bring my love. Where there's fatherlessness, where there's bondage, where there's isolation, you have power there. You have my spirit it's what it means to be missionaries of mercy, right? So many people are longing just for a caress of tenderness, to receive some attention and care in some simple way, to be known and loved when no one else will. We're called to bring that power of the Holy Spirit into the world so that we have a real restoration, a real healing. Will you at this time restore the kingdom, Lord, to Israel? Will you just make everything right, right now? Because I'm so exhausted. And I'm so sad. It's not for you to know the times of the seasons when the Father has established. But you will be clothed with power from on high. The restoration of the kingdom is so much deeper than we think. 
It's so much more than just a piece of legislation. It's so much more than just better headlines. It's so much more than just a relief from just the pain of seeing darkness in our world. It has to do with God becoming present and healing the roots of all these things. And all of us have a role in that. All of us have that power to be ministers of mercy to someone very close to us. This next week, dear friends, as we prepare to celebrate Pentecost, let's pray every single day this week to be open to that power, to desire the Holy Spirit to come upon us, and to want to be true restorers of God's kingdom. What does the ascension have to say to us? It says that Jesus' mission on earth is complete, but his kingdom is only complete when we participate with him. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus says. And boy, I hope you use it.